Welcome to Age Out, Rise Up, a podcast for former foster youth who want to build community and live their best lives. I'm your host, Kara Mars, a former foster youth who has beaten the cycle and wants to help you do the same. On this episode, we will feature our first community story. Community stories are the stories of our people. There are voices, there are trials, and there are successes. Today, Melissa talks about being on her own from the age of nine and how she learned to manage her anger and to focus on a life and to kind of carve out a life for herself um, that's on her own terms. So without any further talk from me, let's get into the episode. Good morning, Melissa. Good morning. Thank you for having me here today. (laughs) I am so excited. Um, it's pretty funny. We're standing here in this, we're leaning into a tote with mattress cover around it to try to get the best possible sound. So if it's not the best possible sound, you can blame it on my husband who needs to fix a better studio. <laughs> <laughs> so Melissa, tell us about yourself. What is your story? Okay. So again, my name is Melissa Hernandez. Um, I was in the foster care system from the age nine until I aged out at 21. Um, Right now I am in beauty school trying to be a hairstylist. Uh, I have a boyfriend of five years. Uh, I love him very much. And right now we have two cats and an oxalotl. And so my life is great right now. <laughs> so how about before? Tell us your tell us your story. How did you come into foster care? Um, so I was living with my single mom until I was nine, uh, but she was she was very abusive. She chose drugs and alcohol, and she actually wasn't legal here, so she got deported a lot. Um, the last time she went to prison, I was left at some random house, and CPS eventually came and found me, and that's uh, where it all started. <laughs> wow. Um, so the, the random house, I'm assuming that that wasn't even family members? Uh, no. So till this day, I have no idea who I was staying with. Um, so what was your foster story? How many homes did you live in? I was actually in 27 homes. Uh, the longest that I stayed in a house was a year and a half. The shortest I stayed in a home was about a week. So I, I bounced around a lot, a lot. <laughs> And you entered at the age of nine, is that correct? Yes, I did. Um, and so was there any good experience in any of those homes that you can comment on? Yeah, so I definitely got uh, pretty close to a few families that I was kind of hoping to stay close to after I aged out of foster care. But, you know, life happens. Uh, I'm trying to live my life. They're busy with their own life. So we've kind of lost touch. So what was it that was great about those families that you wish that you could keep in touch with? What are those things that made living with them memorable? Well, there's this uh, particular family in Bremerton that I got really close to. The My foster dad was actually my basketball coach. And that's how we met. And my foster mom was my math teacher. 
It's so I got pretty close to them before I even actually moved in with them. They trusted me with their children. Uh, a lot of foster homes, for some reason, felt like I was such a bad child. They couldn't trust me with their own kids. And they just really treated me like their own children. And I really appreciated them for that. They, I guess it just didn't really work out with them just because they didn't realize how um, how much I was hurting and they didn't understand how to help me. So that just, it didn't work out. But till this day, I appreciate them so much. They, they did a lot for me and I still think about them a lot till this day. I'm wondering... Um, what you think about in, in hindsight, what you, if you could go back and change anything, or if you could help them help you, what do you think was missing and making it impossible for you to connect with that family at that time so that it could have been a lasting home? Not to say that it's your fault, but what tools if you could just sort of like if they were in the same shoes again and they were trying to bring another child in their home, what advice would you give them on what they could do differently um, and how to understand somebody who was in your place? Oh my gosh. I was such an angry foster child that I didn't make very good relationships make very good relationships with people. I cut a lot of people out of my life and I I regret that. So I've been I've been doing this thing called life all on my own and it gets it gets lonely sometimes, but I know that I'm okay and I can get through it. I guess what I would have done differently as a foster kid with them, I guess I should have given them the chance to help me. They they did try really hard to be a part of my life and uh, having me be a part of theirs, like go on trips with them, um, go on trips with them and their whole entire family. They introduced me to their whole entire family and the whole time I just wanted to be by myself and not, not talk to anybody. I just wanted to isolate myself and uh, I guess what they could have done differently is not given me so many empty promises. Um, there's this one instance when they did tell me that they would never, ever send me away. They did promise me that they would never send me away, and um, it didn't work out that way. Uh, I, I wish they would have never told me that. I still think about that till this day, and it hurts, but I just don't think they realized what they were getting themselves into, and... Um, I still love them. I still want to be part of their lives. And uh, yeah. That leads me to my next question, which is the one person. Do you feel that you have one person who has impacted you and who has kept you sort of, if not on the straight and narrow, who has given you some direction in, um, in making positive choices in your life? Although um, I did have a couple families make an impact in my life. I feel like I don't have that one person in my life right now or ever that has helped me to get to where I am at the moment. Um, it's always just been me. 
So I think sadly, a lot of us um, oftentimes don't have that one person. I don't think you'll be the only person who ever has that reaction. But since it was you, I'm wondering when it was that you sort of realized that you needed to let go or deal with or train yourself on um, anger management, I guess. It actually took me a really long time to get to where I am right now. And till this day, I'm still an angry person. I guess I've just learned to control it. Uh, I've learned some coping mechanisms. And uh, even when I aged out, I didn't know where I wanted to be. I was hanging out with the wrong crowd. I was still very angry. I didn't really care about my life. And it, I think it was just maybe a couple years ago where I finally realized like, Melissa, it's time to get your life together. and It's time for you to start connecting with people. You can't do life all on your own, even though I really want to, because that's what I, what I, that's how I grew up. So once you had that realization that you wanted to bring more people in your life and you wanted to deal with anger and things like that, what were the steps that you took? I started actually just going out and socializing with people. And that may sound weird to a few of you, but that was just really hard for me to just go out in public and start connecting with people. I didn't, I didn't want that. I didn't want to put myself in a vulnerable position. I didn't want people hurting my feelings anymore. And so literally all I, I went to the library and started talking to people. And I would never have done that a few years back. I I didn't want to connect with people at all. So something simple as just going to the library or going to a coffee shop to connect with people is what really helped me to start letting people into my life and uh, not feel so sorry for myself. I think it's really justifiable to feel sorry for yourself, as you put it. I mean, you were given a really hard lot in life, and it's very easy to focus on that. Uh, I just find out that I just kind of believe that that doesn't help us in the long run. It's not a matter of that you don't deserve to feel that pain. It's that, is it going to get you from point A to point B, as I like to say? Is it going to get you where you want to go to kind of sit and stew in the absolute total unfairness of it all? So my question then would be, what is it that you do when you're feeling really, really down when you're feeling when just all of the unfairness and all of the frustration of the place that you're in and how nobody can understand you. What is it that you do to cope with, to cope with it when you feel that way? So right now I really like to write in my journal. I still have angry thoughts in my head. Uh, I think that's normal, but I just don't take it out on people anymore. I take a deep breath, count to 10, and just try not to hurt people anymore. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of pushing people away. Um, I want relationships. I want to 
be loved. I want people to... I'm tired of people pushing... I'm tired of pushing people away. Um, but it's a really good point that we push people away. I mean, we do it as as kids. I know for me, I am super warm and accepting of people. But if you hurt me, I'm just done, you know. And and that is one thing that I don't think that I've I've moved past. Um, do you have any thoughts on why it is that we push people away and like anything you've done to get, I don't know, better at, better at that? I just know that in my case, I push people away because I just, I like not being not liked. Does that make sense? I, I want to be liked by everyone. Um, I moved around so many times. I take it personally and I take it as why? Why do these people, why do these people send me away? Why don't they like me? And so now as I've gotten older, um, I just tend not to want to interact with anybody because I don't want my feelings hurt. Um, I still till this day have uh, issues with that. Uh, loving myself is, I think, a big part of the problem. I just need to be okay with who I am and where I am right now. And uh, sometimes I do have weak moments where I just, I, I wonder why things are happening to me and, you know, just weak moments where I start feeling sorry for myself. So uh, I'm still working on it. I know it's cheesy, but it kind of breaks my heart that you have moments when, you know, you're still working on loving yourself because I think that uh, sometimes we we cannot see what other people see. And I remember once this therapist told me that it takes so many good things, good compliments for them to actually stick because like with normal children, their parents start building these shelves of self-esteem from the time that they're just like a tiny baby. So, you know, they walk across the floor and it's, oh, that's so amazing. You're doing such a good job. Look at you walk. And that goes on your capable shelf or, oh, you have such a beautiful voice goes on your talented shelf. And we don't have anyone who built that shelf for us. So we can hear things. People can say wonderful, you know, they can give us all these allocades and they can give us these allocades and tell us how, how truly great we are, you know, but it doesn't stick. And I just wish that there was a way that we could make those things stick. And I, I don't know that we can, I mean, we obviously can't go backwards, but maybe it's about parenting ourselves. 
You should see the way that I act when I get compliments. I can never just say thank you. I'm like, stop, shut up. No, you're lying. And I actually had somebody tell me, can you just say thank you for once? We mean it. Just say thank you. And so I've been trying to work on that. When I get compliments, I have to say thank you. <laughs> I know. Isn't that a, that's like a crazy life skill that we don't think that we don't think about. The, I mean, a life skill is learning how to say thank you or to be appreciative for small little compliments. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's weird. And we're like, yeah, we're children. <laughs> we are. <laughs> so Melissa, where are you now on the journey? I mean, it's obvious you're not complete. It's, it's not finished, but where are you now? And, and what are you think your next steps will be? So right now, all I'm trying to do is get through school. I I have only a few months left, and then I'll be a cosmetologist. I am very excited for that. And then hopefully in the next few years, I'll have uh, my own family to take care of. But at the moment, I just want to take care of myself and really live my life to the fullest and just have fun. I I really want to travel. I'm not trying to work at just one salon. I I got so used to bouncing around foster homes. I kind of want to keep doing it. I want to go to Paris. I want to go to New York. <laughs> I want to go everywhere. And so right now, my overall goal is I want to travel. I want to live my life. And then maybe in the future, I'll settle down and have my own family to take care of. Ah, families. So that one's a a tricky one. Um, that being said, how do you think that growing up in foster care has changed your view or um, made you wiser about motherhood? I actually wanted to be a mom right after I aged out. I wanted my own family immediately because I felt like I needed to prove to everyone else that I could be better than any of my foster parents and better than my bio mom. And I was, I wanted to be a mom all for the wrong reasons. And I just, I don't know when it happened, but I just realized that I just, I wasn't ready. Um, I didn't love myself. I wasn't, I didn't have a stable job. Um, even though me and my boyfriend have been together for years, uh, we're not married. We're not, we're not, we're just not ready to have a family. He has his own issues to work with. And I just, um, I've just realized that I, 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 I can't see myself having a family right now. I just, I just, I would never want to put my child through what I went through. Uh, actually, I was having baby fever for the longest time after I aged out of foster care that um, I decided to go get a cat instead because I knew I wasn't ready to be a mom. And um, as soon as I got my little Simba baby, I did not like him. He was crazy. He was just a little kitten climbing up my leg, getting into stuff, scratching up my furniture. And I found myself getting angry at him. And I didn't want him at all. I wanted to get rid of him so quick. And I was just thinking to myself, like, if I can't even handle a cat, what makes me think I can handle a child? So um, that baby fever is long gone. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's a really funny story, but it's so true. I remember watching this movie once, um, 28 Days, where uh, the person was in rehab and they said that before you can be in a relationship, you need to get a plant. If you can keep the plant alive for, I don't know, maybe it was six months, maybe a year, then you can get a pet. If you can keep the pet alive, then you're ready for a relationship. So, yeah, you're you're <laughs> you're still in that area of yeah. So yeah, wait wait on the baby thing. Alyssa, thank you so much for coming on the show. You are just such a a pleasure to know. You are just a pleasure to know. I can't believe how much community is out there when we look for it. I mean, I was sitting there writing a blog post and reading it to myself because I'm a little bit of a perfectionist that way while Melissa was cutting my hair and she's like, oh, what are you reading? Oh, foster care. I know about foster care. I actually aged out. Do you know what that is? And the rest is history, guys. She's she's amazing and there are so many amazing people out there and I just want to encourage you not to hold yourself into some box um, to keep yourself safe, but to put yourself out there because there are people who are going to understand you and who are going to resonate with you and who are going to be there and be in your corner. So my challenge today is to look for those good people and try to trust people, even though trusting is really, really hard for us. Just Try to be vulnerable and see what happens. So do you have any last words you want to say to our audience? I just want to thank you for having me on here. I just hope that my story helps anybody else out there. Uh, Just know that you're not alone. And I'm just so grateful that I even have you in my life now. It's nice to be able to relate to other people. and I get to be Auntie Karen. Yes. I'm tired of being alone. So I'm so happy that you had me on here today. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. I'm so grateful that Melissa was vulnerable enough to put herself out there because we met and she's like me and that I never would have known that there was a person out there that, as she had so honestly put it, is was lonely and um, just looking for someone to connect with. I never would have known that if she wouldn't have just opened up her mouth and and told her story. And so that's why I want to celebrate our stories because it's so great to know that we just, that we have each other. So if you'd like to share your story, please send me a personal message at ageoutriseup at gmail.com or you can join our Facebook group and just send me a PM letting me know that you'd like to be interviewed as well. Thank you so much for checking in and we'll see you next time.